This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. Hello and welcome to Parshas Koirach. Extremely important Parsha for several reasons. And it deals with some pretty basic stuff in terms of uh, how Hashem created the world and how you just got to set up all together. Uh, it's an interesting thing that um, if we were to uh, compare the Sefer Bamidbar to the Sefer Vayikra, which precedes it. Sefer Vayikra is called also the Toiris Kohanim, which refers to the fact that most of the parshas deal with uh, laws relating to the Kohanim, the Kabonis, the Pesamigdash, the sacrifices, and uh, talks at length about their responsibilities. Um, and if that's the case, then we could maybe there'd be a reason to call Bamidbar the Torah's Levium, in the sense that all of the parshas from the beginning of Bamidbar, except for Parsha Shlach, um, up, up to up to including Parshas uh, Koirach, are specifically have a great deal to do with the Levium. Each of them uh, has something uh, speaking about the Levium. It's interesting, Taka, that, that Parsha Shlach does not have anything about the Levium because the fact is that the Levium uh, were spared from the Gezerah, the um, uh, the decree regarding Klal that they couldn't go in the, um, anyway, anyone between the ages of 20 and 60. When the uh, episode of the Maraglim occurred, we're not allowed to go into Eretz Yisrael, except the Levium. Levium actually were. And that's interesting also because um, the fact is that they were included in the Parsons of Miraculum. They did actually complain together with the rest of the Yidden. However, they were not included in the Misa of the Cheta Egel, the golden calf. So because they were not involved with the Cheta Egel, it comes out that um, it's explained that uh, it was actually the combination of the Cheta Egel and the Parsons of Miraculum. One without the other would not be sufficient to cause that gzeira to happen. Uh, it was to, to disqualify them from going into Eretz Yisrael and they had to die in the Midbar uh, if they were included in one or the other. So uh, it was if they were excluded from that gzeira if they were only in one and not the other. So because Klal Yisrael was guilty of both, um, the, in general, they were excluded. Some, I think, said say that the women actually were not um, and that also is probably because they were not involved with the Chet Egel, but they apparently very likely were involved with the Chet of the Maraglim because it doesn't single them out as not being. Uh, in any case, apparently you had to be involved with both in order to be, to, to have that um, that uh, penalty imposed. Um, so the Levian Tak are not mentioned specifically in Pashashlach, possibly just not to embarrass them since they were... Uh, in effect, did not have to undergo that punishment. Okay, so going on with the whole question of what's uh, involved in the Toyos Levian. So, and and what's the distinction between the Kohanim and Levian? Of course, we know that Levian 
uh, is the Shevet as a whole, and the Kohanim are a specific family within that Shevet. Uh, in, in the Midbar, anyway, it was the, the Kohanim was just consisted of Aharon and his his children, Einiklach. Uh, grandchildren, he, they, they did not. It was only the specific um, Aaron Cohen was was singled out from all the Levium to have that position, and that's exactly what Koyach was disputing because Koyach was also part of Shevet Levi, um, and he was not from the uh, family of Aharon, so therefore he did not become a Cohen, uh, although he had a very important position in the Shevet Levi. So. Um, Says that he, when he was um, when he was bypassed um, for a leadership position, and instead a younger lady was, or more distantly related, Levy was chosen. He got uh, very upset about that, and he decided he was going to dispute the whole thing and call it just nepotism and uh, rebel against the entire structure. Um, so we'll talk about that a little bit more later. Anyway, um, so some of the mitzvahs of Levim after the the, uh, the episode of Korach is related, they go into uh, the Torah goes into a discussion of some of the mitzvahs re- relating to the Levim specifically. Among them is the idea that the Kohanim and the Levim have separate jobs, and neither is allowed to do the job of the other, which is something we're going to be. Uh, expanding on the fact that they have their own specific jobs and it's not like the uh, Kohanim can uh, override the Levium because they really can't do the things that the Levium do and the Levium can't do things that the Kohanim do. The Levium, for example, uh, are involved in the heavenly choirs. Heavenly choirs are <laughs> involved in the Mishamikdash. The choirs of the Mishamikdash. Um, we see that in Levia in, 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 the, uh, in, in the Sefer Tillam um, which is compiled of not only uh, psalms and praises that were uh, composed by David Melech, but also some of those were actually composed by Korach's children, uh, the Nei Korach, children of descendants, however you want to read it. Um, and uh, they were had a, that was a very, very uh, significant job that they had. They had to learn for years how to do these things. Uh, besides that, they um, they were in charge of uh, of, of guarding the Bismarck dish on certain points that had to be got, had to be uh, protected and guarded, and also uh, closing and opening the gates of the Bismarck dish and various things that were specific to the VM as well as as helping out the Kohanim and the things that they had to do. Uh, and uh, doing all kinds of in, uh, administrative and and uh, maintenance jobs, whatever in the Bismarckish that uh, related, were relegated to them. Um, on the other hand, they could not offer the kabbalas that the uh, that the kohanim were in charge of. So there was definitely specific jobs for each of them, both the the kohanim and the levim, and they did not really overlap. Um, there's also a lot of uh, uh, time spent on the way that they were supported, um, that the Levium uh, collected Miser from the Yisraelim, from, you know, like Kohen, Levi, and Yisrael. So the Yisraelim, of course, were the vast majority of Klal Yisrael. The Levium got Miser from them, and then the Levium took Miser uh, from what they got and gave it to the Kohanim. Besides the trumas that the Israel gave directly, the 1% to the, uh, the Kohanim, the Levim also took out 10% of what they uh, uh, 
collected in Meiser, and they gave it over to the Kohanim as well. So they were supported from both of those things. Um, and I just wanted to mention something that came across. The Kamara speaks about the idea of the, of the Meisers in general, what that signifies on a, on a higher level. And I think it's important to understand this. People sometimes feel like, you know, oh, we have to give Meisters that's taken away from income, and, you know, it's a difficult thing to do. But uh, what you should bear in mind is that Meisters are, um, what, what we talk about how the Shefa, the energy on a higher level, which uh, is what produces all of the uh, sustenance that we that we live on, there's two different categories of sustenance. One is the bare essential sustenance that's necessary for for to sustain life on a minimum level, and then there is um, all of the extra that's beyond just the bare essentials. Something that you know that we enjoy that we that uh, when we talk about an abundance, we have more than we absolutely need just to survive, and that's a very, very small amount. So obviously, you know, it's uh, the pleasure that we have, uh, the the the, the, the hanua that we have from what we what we live on is from the extra, not just uh, from the minimum. Um, but that minimum is the essence of what that energy is, and he says that the minimum is the miser. It's the miser that that ten percent is really what we're, what we're the, the the essential uh, energy that that has to be there no matter what. Otherwise, you know, could, uh, the world could be destroyed altogether, um, and that's the miser that we're giving. So we should be aware that that is really the main thing. That's the, the, the miser is what we're really living on in terms of the the essential life force. Uh, the rest of it, the other ninety percent, is according to what we that we're being rewarded for the good stuff that we do. Uh, that we should have more than enough, and you know everybody wants to. Nobody wants to be, you know, in the bank. They should have just the minimum amount that they need. You know, the overdraft balance or whatever, uh, just so the checks shouldn't bounce. Uh, they, everybody wants to have a little bit of extra put away, or whatever, something to play with, a little more leeway that they can, that they can use when they uh, they feel the need to. So it's not um, down to the wire, as we as, as uh, we say. Um, and the Eden are specifically nourished by the extra amount. But this essential amount is is what we give to the Khan and the signifying that they're really the ones that uh, that are uh, keeping things going, so to speak. And and it says in Pirkei when people skimp on the meisters, so very often the uh, it leads to all kinds of uh, problems in uh, in the way the the world as a whole is sustained. Um, okay, There's some other things relating to. Uh, to to Svarva Oynish, but I won't get into that right now, maybe at a future time. Okay, so now in terms of the basic concepts that are involved here, um, in terms of the way Hashem created the world, because it said that Koirach basically was um, disputing the uh, the most basic fundamentals of the way Hashem created the world. Uh, he says, like, you know, just like you can't dispute the concept of night and day, you can't, uh, you can't uh, dispute how the uh, Kohanim and the Levim were chosen. So it's all one thing. It's all uh, down to the way Hashem intended the world to, uh, to run. So it's not, not uh, possible to question these things. Now, why is it so basic? So just like day and night 
are opposites. There's a concept of the whole Torah and the whole mitzvahs are really based on a concept of the dialectic, which is that there are two opposites. And by playing one opposite against the other, or the, through the interaction of these opposites, either the, the synergy, the, the, uh, the uh, synthesis of, of two opposites, you get to a middle road, or you get to a combination of both, whatever. Uh, and that is how the world works. And specifically, Torah goes that way. I mean, the whole idea of a um, of what's called shaklevataria of learning, the the uh, concept of a, of a kasha and a teretz, it's it's always based on on some kind of a, a, a dispute that you you try to find what are the uh, the things you don't understand or the things that don't seem to make sense or whatever, and you come up with an opposite. Um, question or whatever, and then you break down the different opinions one against the other, and then you try to come to a solution from understanding what are those opposite opinions. So it's not expected to be just homogeneous where everybody agrees with each other and yes, 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 and and uh, and and there's no there's no conflict, there's no uh, there's no uh, dispute going on. The, the, the learning of a Torah is dafka specifically through disputing something and and ex- and experimenting with with opposite viewpoints and then f- through that coming to a uh, to a deeper uh, understanding of what's really going on that's just one, one another example of the dialectic so the this concept of the dialectic in this case is the fact that we have in the midas themselves opposites so you've got Kesser at the top, which is really uh, you know the basis of, that's the source of everything. So therefore, that's that's only one. But then immediately you go down down to Chochma and Bina. Chochma Bina is is connected. Uh, is the, the, there's a right side and the left side, and right and left are also opposites. So you've got on the right side Chesed, which is uh, Chochma is on the intellectual level is is uh, uh, based on Chesed and uh, Bina on the on the left side, on the uh, side of Gevura, is uh, is the concept of din. The Kohanim have their source in the on the right side, which is the level of Chochma, which is also considered to be the level of Koidish, uh, so it's a particular type of holiness. The left side is connected with Bina, and that's the side that the Leviim come from. So the Leviim are diametrically opposed to the Kohanim. One is Chochma and one is Bina. So it comes out that the Yisraelim, or you could say Chesed it's all on the same side, right, the left side. In the middle, which is a synthesis of both, you have Tiferes, which is Kalisur. Kalisur is just like you have Avruam and Yitzchak, which is also right and left, you know, Chesed and Din, Chesed Vura. And then in the middle you have Yaakov, which is Tiferes, which is a synthesis of all of, of, of both of them. So you see very clearly that the whole thing is... Um, based on these opposites. It's also based on the concept of the hierarchy. In other words, we have a, in, in the leadership in Klaus Klau, you have a kind of a pyramid structure where you've got the largest faction is on the bottom, and then you take as as you go up the ladder, up up the uh, you know up the, the, the in rank, you have fewer and fewer numbers of people involved. So you've got the largest faction against Yisrael at the bottom, and then you've got Levium is a is a much much smaller faction 
that's uh, you know higher up, so to speak, in terms of having more responsibilities, and then in a higher level of, of holiness because they're closer to the source of holiness, which is the base of Mikdash. And then you've got the Kohanim at the very top, which is like the point, and that is, and then, and then on top of the Kohanim, you've got the Kohen Gudel, which is even you know the one at the very top of the pyramid. And so you see that it keeps getting fewer and fewer as you go up. Uh, but on the other hand, they are considered all part, they're all taken from Holy Soul. It's not like you took somebody from a different uh, a different country, a different a different nation altogether and put them on, in charge or something like that. Like a, a king from one country takes over another country and puts his own people on top and then there's no connection between the people of the country that, that really lives there and the people that are ruling them. On the contrary, here you have, you know, the, the Levium are a part of Klaliso. They're one of the Shvatim. And and the, the coin gudel is from the the kohanim are from the levium and the and the coin gudel is from uh is 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 also from the from from the kohanim so you've got you know it's all part of one klal the klal is really is complete when all of those elements are there and it's all coming from within klal not from outside so there is no essential division between them they're all considered to be uh one group and with one unity, it's just the concept of a of a prat and a klal, the specific within the general. There's a you know specific; it gets smaller, smaller groups within that klal soul, which is which is a whole. So that leads ultimately to unity. But there's a structure to that unity. So we're not just talking about everybody should be equally uh, the same and all having the same responsibilities, and nobody having any higher rank than anyone else within that structure. That uh, that's obviously not the way Hashem intended to be, at least not in you know until Mashiach comes. Whatever we'll talk about that. Um, okay, so the Kahanim again are from Chesed. Levim are from Gevura. Now Gevura is the, the level of the Levim in Gevura is called the Gevura's Hakadoshim. Uh, there's one concept of of um, we talk about Gevura. One of the concepts is the uh, what are called the Klippus, which is uh, from the level of Tuma. That's that's a Gevura. Which is not from kedusha, and it's something we always have to control, and we have to times destroy it, fight against it, whatever. Uh, the, the, it's it's a it's a level of of uh, a result of the incompletion by the um, the creation of the world as a whole. You talk about that the uh, the shadim um, were waiting to receive a body, and and the world was created before they got the body. Or rather, Shabbos came before they got the body, so they never got a body, and so they're like these these spirits floating around without a body, and uh, that was a certain level of incompleteness that got them into trouble. So there's a concept that there was a, obviously this was intentional. Hashem doesn't make mistakes, so there was intentionally left a certain level that has to be corrected and has to be completed. That because of its incompleteness, it it uh, it, it brings din, it brings uh, suffering or punishment, or it's it's on that side of of the negative side, so to speak, something which is uh, which is uh, used as a tool to bring punishment when necessary on on whoever needs it. Um, they're kind of the agents for that, uh, kind of an underworld characters, so to speak. But they're, so they're they're part of the whole picture and they have to be there but it's not uh, something that we want to have a direct connection with uh, we try to minimize our our, uh, our involvement with the Klippus um, at any rate the Ches and Ingevura have to be both present you cannot get to one without another that's this whole fallacy the idea that you can base something completely on love without having the idea of strictness and, and uh, pulling back 
just as Chesed is always giving, you have to, first of all, be able to receive. At the same time, you also have to be able to pull back when necessary, and you have to be able to use strength when necessary, and everything can't just be you know, hunky-dory, constant uh, giving, constant flow, without an element that's in the other direction to to um, structure it and to uh, control it and to that it should be intentional instead of just constant, constant giving. Because we saw that that basically doesn't work as we saw by the um, by the mobble, by the flood, that, that was Hashem's approach at the beginning, never to have any reproof for the wrongdoers and people just got the feeling they could do whatever they wanted to without any uh, any consequences and it got them into big trouble. So just getting stuff, it just kept getting worse and worse and worse. So the world, again, as we know it, has to have uh, both elements. However, at the same time, the Gvur can't be left on its own to take control because then it just gets stricter and stricter and uh, it gets more powerful and more uh, um, dominant. And that's also very destructive. Uh, it's like a dictator, tyranny, that kind of thing, is when, when the Gvur gets out of control. So the idea of having both is that really the Chesed has to be in control, but it has to, they have to use out the Gvura for its purposes, and they sweeten the Gvura, then that the Gvura should be for the purpose, for, for positive purposes, and only to work for the positive and with the Chesed ultimately in mind, but to use it with from a position of strength, as opposed to uh, just Hefker, where things go, uh, they way that went without any concept of din, which is an idea of consequences, an idea of uh, an order, an idea of uh, some kind of um, rules, which uh, have to be enacted. Okay, so um, when we get to the idea of what, what Koyach did wrong, what Koyach's mistake was, um, first of all, it, 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 we said that when he attacked the idea of Aharon being the head of the hierarchy, he was basically questioning Hashem's whole structure and creation. So either he was trying to return to the state of Adam before the creation, uh, which we know didn't work because that led to the Cheta Egel, and also, I'm sorry, the Cheta of Adam Rishon. And, um, and ultimately, there's, uh, there's even before that, there's a concept of Shri uh, Kalim, which would have preceded that, uh, or maybe happened at the same time, but whatever, it was uh, uh, this idea of everybody being equal and the whole thing imploded upon itself and it couldn't hold up to, because there was no hierarchical structure which able to hold the weight of that and it just fell apart. So the structure was imposed on creation as a solution for that. And the whole the, the idea of that the, the, the moon was diminished in order to create a hierarchy where it was under the, it was receiving from the sun. All of this is, is a conceptual basis of the idea of, of a hierarchy. And uh, until Mashiach comes, that's the way it's going to be. Uh, at that point, it may actually be uh, uh, the concept of punim bepunim, where things really are do equal out between masculine and feminine and everything. Um, but it's all side side by side. But that can only happen after the tikkun and the ultimate tikkun of the of the Gula, uh, after Mashiach, Haba. But for the time being, we can't we can't uh, the the world cannot sustain that. So every time, even even big tzaddikim have tried to jump the gun and uh, uh, preempt the. Uh, the, the geula, they generally get into trouble. Either just nothing happens, or it can you know, even bring destructive uh, uh, consequences. So uh, the other problem here, of course, is that where was this all coming from? It was coming from the fact that he was uh, denied a position, and he uh, 
uh, was uh, he felt like he was rejected or un, or unfair against, and also the fact that he envied Aharon's position. That he figured, you know, why I should be the one to get that. Why should you know why if, if Aharon is who says that Aharon is more qualified, or why should there be a concept at all of having to have one person in charge and nobody else uh, uh, having that that level? It's, it, it, it's for him, it's uh, schmeckt of nep- nepotism that you know Moshe took himself the biggest role and he gave Aharon the big role and it's all like in the family up there and uh, he felt like uh, need to create this ground, ground roots uh, rebellion from, from underneath in any case um, we know that you know obviously he wasn't successful and uh, it wasn't coming from a pure place and the concept itself was not uh, sustainable and the whole thing ended up they just disappeared from the scene altogether Aharon who was his soul was so uh, humble through this whole thing he didn't even get involved with Machlekes at all we don't even talk about him but uh, even though he was the target of all this um, this uh, uh, Machlekes all this, this rebellion and also the, the fact that Korach was also aided by Dustin and Aviram who were you know pretty uh, uh, controversial characters from the beginning and, and specifically enemies of, enemies of Moshe and they saw through Korach's rebellion a way to get back at Moshe I mean, also so uh, obviously that was coming from a, a very uh, corrupt uh, core that uh, was definitely did not mean it uh, you know the shame shemaim that it was really for them and the uh, uh, Pekevus itself says that it was not Lishem Shemaim. Um, and look at the leaders, you know, they themselves were not Lishem Shemaim. Um, so this is also a something that we have to understand is that is that in general, uh, the leadership is something which is planned and which has a lot to do with the Shoyrish of the Neshama. In other words, where is that, Meshoyer, uh, that, that Neshama coming from? What is its source in the Midas, to be as from the, side, the right side to the left side, where is it from? We don't know that. Especially, we don't know even what Shevet it's from, what, what tribe it's from. So, therefore, we don't know where these neshamas of these leaders are coming from. So, therefore, a person can think, oh, I'm more qualified than so and so. Why didn't I become the leader? Why was I passed up in order to get that person? But you can't know because you don't know where your nisham is coming from and where his nisham is coming from and and why Hashem picked him instead of you. I mean, obviously, the Sashkochaprat thing should be, even though it's a political system, but he got picked instead of you. That's also Bashir. So you have to be macabre that you know Bahava and not dispute the uh, the leadership in that sense because uh, because if Hashem chose him it was because his neshama was shaykh to that for some reason and yours wasn't so don't get uh, it's, it's not just totally on a merit system and this is uh, what we see here in in, in the case of Korach so at any rate uh, just to, to kind of sum it up the point is that number one. Everybody has their job, and everybody's job is based on a much higher structure, which is really indisputable. And uh, we have to support that structure and work within the structure, so to speak, and not try to change the structure and not come up with new ideas of how things have to be run, because this is uh, this is from a higher source of how things have to work. And we and, and the whole jealousy and the whole. Uh, uh, self-serving uh, aspect of revolutions and rebellions and all this kind of things usually comes back to uh, some kind of, of, of jealousy and uh, and self uh, self-interest, uh, which is you know at the core of that that um, that activism. And uh, the fact that Koyach is you know, a very uh, intelligent and very uh, capable person, but in this case he his uh, his actions led to the ultimate destruction and. Um, 
we have to appreciate how everyone is different and each one has their job to do and everyone is important and everybody is essential, but uh, we don't have to, to question the hierarchy to, um, to appreciate that.